Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Let's Go Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Kamen of Elevated Hockey. And today we sat down and talked with Josh Nelson, associate coach for the Muskegon Lumberjacks of the USHL. And with me, as always, co-host Danny Heath from Project Hockey. And this was awesome. Nelly, Josh and I, we were uh, college classmates, right? We both came as freshmen together. Uh, I never got to tell this story on the uh, when we interviewed him, but I can remember our freshman year. Um, we were both sitting there. One of our, our top four defensemen were out that night. So one of us it was between us two going in that night for our first ever college game. I'm like, man, it's this is pregame skate on a Saturday. And I can remember one of our, uh, I think he was a senior at the time, Kurt Davis. Uh, we're stretching the circle and he's basically like, so are you two guys going to fight for the spot or is it, are we going to throw down the middle basically? And I'm like, holy cow, like maybe we got to do it. And then literally that second, uh, Troy Judding, our head coach, skates over and tells Nelly he's in and tells me I'm out. So it wasn't, uh, <laughs> didn't have to battle at all during um, pregame skate, but probably a good thing we didn't because you want to talk about skill. That guy's got a ton of skill, but it was a blast to have him on. I'm excited for, for his interview, but uh, what what what'd you take away from the interview, Coach? What are you most excited about? I think uh, you know, I think it was a great interview. I, I, I really like, for this one, uh, you, you got a guy that lives and breathes hockey. He's yeah. played at a bunch of different levels. Um, but I love talking about um, you know the USHL, what it takes to compete in that league, what he's looking for for players to become uh, part of that league, become part of the the Muskegon Lumberjacks program, and I think that's he lays down some pretty cool, um, pretty insightful pieces of knowledge that you know players that younger players that are aspiring to to make it to that league to the USHL Tier One Junior Hockey. I think he gives some really valuable insight into into that process and what it takes to compete at that level. So I think it's a good it's a good listen for that. What about you? What, what's a what's the takeaway? I'm just excited for it. Um... I love how we talk, even like the import rules and all those different things. If you're a junior hockey player or you want to play juniors, you better listen to this podcast. Like this is built for you. And so uh, I'm excited about it. Um, If you love what you're listening to, make sure you cross check that like button and let's go. This interview was brought to you by our friends at HockeyWolf.com. If you love the game of hockey or just know someone who does, you need to visit HockeyWolf.com today. HockeyWolf has physical locations in Montana and Washington State, but if you aren't lucky enough to live near one of their stores, you can always visit their website and place an order at any time. They have everything you need from skates and sticks to shower slips and hoodies. And for all of you coaches and organizational leaders out there, listen up because Hockey Wolf provides some of the best team sales services in all of North America. So if your team needs new helmets, maybe some gloves, boxes of tape, even some warm-up suits and training gear, Hockey Wolf has you covered. So like we always say, go support Hockey Wolf because they support us. That's H-O-C-K-E-Y-W-O-L-F.com. And hey, for all of you lacrosse players out there, make sure you visit lacrossewolf.com too. All right, let's go to the interview. Born in Moore, Minnesota, grew up in central Wisconsin, played his hockey in Wisconsin Rapids before departing for his junior career. After spending three seasons in the NHL, he played his NCAA Division I college hockey for Minnesota State University, the greatest college in the country. Let's go! 
during which he was assistant captain his senior year and won a WCHA championship in 2014. Let's go! Made his coaching career for Shattuck St. Mary's before moving to Wichita Falls in the NAHL. He took over as head coach of Wichita in 2016-17 and then moved up to the USHL with the Muskegon Lumberjacks, where he's currently entering his fourth season as assistant coach. Josh Nelson, Nelly, welcome to the Let's Go Hockey podcast. How you doing today? Great to be here. Love that intro. Good energy. Excited to be on. Getting fired up. Yeah, Nelly, we're excited to have you here. I'm excited to learn a little more about you. But why don't we jump right into, uh, if you could tell us a little bit about your background and how you first got into hockey. Sure, sure. So, um, obviously, born in Minnesota, so a lot of hockey around the area. A little story from dad was like first grade or so, I come home with my best friend and he's on the hockey team. And day one of school, I come home and basically ask dad if I can play hockey. And that was pretty much the the, the beginning of the end there. So got sucked in, played all sorts of sports growing up, but um, always had a little bit deeper connection and just love the competition and camaraderie with hockey. So um, as I got into high school, started getting rid of some of the other sports and diving into hockey a little bit deeper. I love it. I love it. And so, you know, Danny kind of mentioned it. You played at Mankato, your teammates with Danny uh, in college. Um, but you and I actually have something in common. You know, I started my coaching career as the assistant for John LaFontaine, kind of same uh-huh. as you out here in Bozeman, Montana, when he was with the Ice Dogs. Um, you know, he grabbed me and, 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 and when I was kind of right out of college, I was my first year really coaching was, was under John. So I learned a ton from him. So um, why don't you talk about that a little bit when, you know, kind of how you got into working with John and, and early in your coaching career, how you, you made that transition from playing to, to coaching. Sure. So he's a uh, first coach LaFontaine there. John is a very special man. He's a great coach, but an even better human being. So I owe him, uh, I owe him a lot. Um, anyway, so, so started getting to know the LaFontaine family um, at Mankato, Minnesota State there playing with, with his son, John Paul. Um, so got to know him really well there. Um, and obviously Mr. LaFontaine being the dad, he'd come around and he was obviously coaching. So we, you know, chat a little bit here and there on the concourse after games or what have you and um, kind of got got into some coaching um, through sophomore junior year um, would do some summer camps over at Shattuck being just 45 minutes down the road from us in Mankato so um, started working some summer camps that uh, coach LaFontaine and some of the guys over at Shattuck recruited me over for and that kind of got me in the door gotten to know them a little bit more on a on a coaching level and um, really just kind of grew on it and going into my senior year um, kind of started running into some some injuries myself had some hip surgeries and things so the the playing door started closing and getting to know coach LaFontaine and those guys at Shattuck um, kind of started opening the coaching door if you will so um, yeah once once I decided that coaching was was my next step after college there um, my first my first call was the coach LaFontaine and Sure enough, he was lucky enough to get me in right away that first year at Shattuck, and um, he was actually down in Wichita Falls, so um, I kind of filled in when he left, and then that next year, he brought me down to Wichita Falls. So, um, yeah, Coach LaFontaine there was a very, very big part of my first couple years of coaching. It's always good when you go and, like, someone gives you a shot, and then he leaves, and he's like, hey, come here again, right? That shows you're obviously doing something right, and I mean, you kind of, you got to, you got to start at one of the most historical places to coach, right? Like Shattuck St. Mary's for, yep. for our listeners that I feel like anyone listening probably has heard of it. 
Um, and then from, from Shattuck, you went to the NA and then the USHL. Talk a little bit about the difference between those levels. Like when you got from Shattuck to junior hockey, what kind of jumped out at you that our listeners uh, might not expect? Sure. Um, yeah, so like you hit on there, Shattuck, first off, is a very special place. Um, you just walk in those buildings up and down the halls. I mean, you see pictures of Sidney Crosby, and the list goes on and on and on forever. So there's a certain certain buzz when you walk in those uh, in those buildings and weight rooms and things. You feel an obligation to commit yourself to hockey and that work ethic and, and all that. So there's always a really good um, work ethic at Shattuck, but moving up into juniors is obviously um, – you're getting into a full-time commitment now for guys. So they're, they're obviously delaying their school. They're delaying whatever it might be to commit full-time to junior hockey and chasing their division one dream or professional hockey dreams. So um, I'd say the biggest thing was working with older guys. Um, they're very committed. Um, they're very hardworking, um, but it was definitely a little bit different just jumping up to the older group. Um, Coming out of college wasn't that big a big of a jump. Um, obviously, working with older guys and being around older guys right away. But um, I'd say the age range and the testosterone. You're kind of working with you know younger kids um, in high school, but when you get into that junior level, you know, um, don't get me wrong. There's still some young kids development wise and maturity wise, but um, a lot of these kids are men now. So um, how you coach them, how you talk to them, how you motivate them um, needs to change when you go up those levels. Yeah. So let's, you know, you've talking about those different levels as you've gotten up into where you're at now in the USHL. I mean, that's kind of the, as far as junior hockey is concerned, especially here in the U S maybe, maybe in the world, that's the top of the food chain. And that's where, you know, thousands of players aspire to play in and join that league and use that league as a springboard to their college careers or their pro careers. I mean, that's, that's, that's it. Right. And yep. so let's, let's talk about the league a little bit and specifically your program in, in Muskegon, the Lumberjacks. Can you talk sure. to us a little bit about what you do with your team and your team philosophies and um, you know, just kind of let our listeners know a little, little insight into the, into what you do at Muskegon that, that, at that top level of, of amateur hockey. Sure. Sure. Um, so yeah, un unbelievable league. Um, actually, was just talking to our guys today about um, this is an unbelievable league for exposure, but it can be good and bad. If you're a hard worker, it's great exposure. If you're maybe cheating the game a little bit, um, scouts are going to find that real quick. So the exposure is like nothing you've seen before between college guys watching you and all the way up to all the way up to NHL. Um, so it's an unbelievable league for exposure. Um, Guys can come out of nowhere, and if you perform on this stage, like I said, the eyes are on you. So um, exposure and everything in this league is, is unbelievable. There's no hiding. Up and down the roster, every time you touch the ice, there's no hiding. So you're being evaluated every single time you touch that ice, which, again, is a, is a very great thing um, when you're ready to take advantage of it and develop your game. So um, very fun league to work in, very high end. Um, with Muskegon here, we're a very developmental kind of team. We like young, we like skill, we like speed. We like the new age kind of, of the, the way hockey is kind of turning. It's a five-man offense unit. It's a five-man defensive unit. Um, so we, we have a great head coach here in Mike Hamilton where he really lets our guys have a lot of freedom um, with the puck, that is. So they're allowed to be creative. They're allowed to make plays. They're allowed to create turn or, you know, so they're allowed to turn the puck over at times, but um, expectations are definitely set that um, when the other team has the puck, uh, we have to work hard to get, thing that, uh, get that thing back immediately. Um, and that's the way, again, like I said, hockey's really changing to that more skill and speed kind of game. So you see defensemen getting up and down the ice just along uh, 
just right next side of the forwards. So um, we're very lucky here that we're able to work all of our skills from our forwards and our D um, for kind of that new game model, if you will. Yeah, that's uh, it's good to hear that. I mean, because back when I played in the USHL, it was still kind of a mix, probably heavier on like that more, you know, bigger, slower type of at least defenseman. I'm thinking defenseman on top of my head, but yeah, because right, you were a D, Danny. You were yeah, a big slow defenseman. I was a big slow defenseman. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I was actually fast, which is why I'm shocked how Nelly would beat me out of the lineup a lot. But uh, we'll come back to that. Uh, anyways, um, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about scouting, though. So it's a big part of your job. But where, I guess, where are your players coming from? And then when you go out to actually scout, what are what are you looking for, and what does that process look like? Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a big question. It's a it, the this league is unbelievable. We get somewhat of the pick of the litter. So um, yeah, we we have scouts throughout the world. We have we have um, pretty good connections with with some Russian agents. So we've been lucky enough these last couple of years to have Andre Sveshnikov from Muskegon. Um, we've tendered for this season um, a young man named Ivan Mirshnichenko, who's supposed to be one of those lottery picks in a few years. Um, so we've had. We've had very good luck with our, our connections kind of throughout the world. Um, so we get kids from all over. Like I said, we've had lots of Russians the last couple of years. Um, we have a strong connection with some different Czech and Slovakian agents. So, I mean, these kids are literally coming from all over the world. Um, getting hockey popping up down in Florida now. So you're seeing scouts, scouts down there taking trips to Florida for hockey. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, these kids are coming from all over different levels. It can be hockey – or, sorry, it can be high school – triple a um you really name it we see these kids and watch them the the different film we get is unbelievable sometimes it's practice film um sometimes it's you know actual game film but there are eyes absolutely everywhere would be my message to kids when you don't think you're being watched there's a random muskegon scout sitting up in the corner of your rink filming your practice so um there are eyes everywhere and we have scouts all over the place so um for me specifically when we're going into rinks and pretty much the same model for our whole scouting staff is like I said, it's really catered to the style that we want to play here in Muskegon, which is fast. It's puck possession, it's offense, it's skating. Um, so when we're, when we're out recruiting specifically for Muskegon here, we're looking for, for athletes. We want guys that can get up and down the ice that skate. Well, um, we like offense, we like playmaking, but you got to be smart as well. There's times, uh, like I said, when you don't have the puck that you got to be able to think the game or you're not going to get it back for a while. So, um, as much as smarts and skills is good, or sorry, as much as skills is good, um, you got to be a smart hockey player. So we definitely like like smarts. Yeah. So I real quick question here. You mentioned you, you've got your kind of a connection to some Russian Russian. Oh my gosh! Over oh this guy. This guy loves his overseas hockey. <laughs> of course. No, no, I'm taking a different direction, Danny. Don't. Okay. You're, I, you're you're getting it. I uh, no, I do love my overseas <laughs> hockey. It's like my favorite, but. Um, for the listeners, like, what's the import rule in the USHL? Like, how many of these import players are coming in versus your your American born player or American players? Um, so right now, um, <laughs> we're allowed four imports, and I shouldn't say that. As the so right now we're in training camp, uh, we got a lot of extra guys in town. So right now, on our initial protect list, we can carry uh, or no, I'm sorry, it is four imports um, plus two Canadians. So Canadians can, let's say one of those Canadians is in your import spot. You could have up to six Canadians, if that makes sense. You could have four Europeans plus two Canadians or just straight up six Canadians. So 
um, an interesting area where it's changing a little bit every year. So here's the goalie position. Um, they've made, they're trying to get more American goalies developed. Um, so a couple of years ago, a goalie, an international goalie or an import goalie counted as two imports for us to encourage the American goalie kind of development model, if you will. Um, and I believe that just changed back this year. So an import goalie only counts as one import. So there, there's all sorts of tricky little rules with this league. And um, this year, obviously, with COVID, things are things are getting interesting with college maybe up in the air. So another rule for us, um, they try to keep with the USHL the, the age down a little bit. Um, so we can get young skill kind of coming through every year to entice the NHL um, NHL viewership and scouting here. But um, anyway, we're only allowed five 20-year-olds. So this year that is 2,000-born players. So right now we're allowed five 2,000-born players on our roster. And once we get a little deeper into the season, a month or two into the regular season, we'll have to cut one of those 20-year-old spots so we'll be able to carry um, four total 2,000s. Gotcha. Yeah, I think some of the players coming up not, n- don't necessarily understand some of those like logistics of, of where those different players are coming from and the rules and regulations. So I think that's a good good share there. But let's yeah. let's jump into your your program at Muskegon. Um, you know, something that's fascinating for me is coaches at your level at, at, at the high levels here, and, and kind of your work and thoughts on instilling a team culture and what you do to you know cultivate a, a positive culture and like a winning culture and. Um, so maybe if you can just touch on that and some of the things that are kind of the foundations of what you're doing at your program and, and kind of what you do on a day-to-day or, or like a longer-term basis to make sure that you're, you're pointing in the right direction. Sure. Yeah, that's a great question, um, especially with this league I've found. Um, there's lots of it's, – it's a younger league. This, this, the USHL is a young league. You have a lot of kids that are in their draft year let's say, while they're with us. So it can be very enticing and tricky for these young men um, as they're in their draft year um, to not get too into themselves. Where am I on the draft list? Where am I here? How am I, who's watching me here? Did I get my college commitment yet? Um, So it can be a tough league to navigate um, without getting a little too me, me, me. So it's a really good question. Um, So some of the little things we do to create that kind of fun team culture, um, we're huge on communication on the ice. So every single day, we just to get the energy up and the guys having fun um, and connecting every single practice, we start with a little small area game just to get the, the energy levels up, the communication on the ice. And one of the first things we're always yelling about is, you know, let's start talking right away, get that energy up. Someone scores a goal, it's all pound the, pound the board, just create that big energy environment. Um, but we challenge each other a lot. We play lots of small area games. So with that, you're battling against each other. So one second you're trying to kill a guy and then afterwards you got to be mature enough and smart enough to go, Hey, this is my buddy on the other team. We're both making each other better right now, even though we want to kill each other, take mm-hmm. 10 seconds, get a deep breath and uh, go say, Hey, sorry, I, sorry, I high stick you here. Sorry, I slashed you there. So um, yeah, it's, it's absolutely something that's not only prevalent in hockey, but it's something that's going to carry you with, uh, you know, through all your life as well, whether it's business or, you know, whatever it might be. So that teamwork and, not being selfish is a huge, huge thing to, to teach these guys, especially with uh, the style of hockey we want to play. To be a puck possession team, you got to talk, you got to have teamwork all over the place. So you got to work not just with the puck, but you got to work probably twice as hard to get open for your teammates. So, yeah, that's a good question. 
to be, I mean, yeah, to be a high skilled team, you need, obviously need high skilled players. And, um, that, that obviously has got to be tough. Like, cause these kids that are coming in, these kids that are going to be NHL draft picks, these kids that want to play in the NHL, their goal isn't to, to win in the USHL. Like that, that's a stepping stone towards their goal. And so that does have to be a tough, a tough way to play and coach, I guess, because, um, you know, everyone wants to get to that next level and it's, it's your job as a coach to help get them there. But then it's also your job as a coach to win games. And so it's a fine, fine line for sure. And so, absolutely. It's cool to hear all that stuff's kind of going through there. What, um, I got one question. I want to jump into development before I do. Did the visor rule change? Can 16 year olds wear a visor? Am I making that up? It's a great question. Um, is it 18 still? So 16 year olds can, if they sign off, they have to sign an extra sheet, um, as well as their parents. So, they can't make the decision themselves. They also have to gotcha. have a parent sign off on that. And then, but this year everyone's going to have to wear a mask, hey? Maybe? No. That'd be nuts. Bubbles everywhere. Bubbles. No. Bubbles can with I say, that. Can I say no comment there? No comment. <laughs> Bubbles. Bubble masks with the uh, CCM thing that, hey, you can get at Hockey Wolf. That's one of our sponsors. Check them out. I'm sure they have there those cool go. little CCM masks. <laughs> Good plug. Um, okay. What does... Uh, so I love the development side of things. I actually can't get into the, I coached, I coached high school hockey for a while and I just can't get into like, do this for a back check, do this for a four check. I, I like, I like the idea of the developmental side. So like, here's the skills sure. that you could use inside of your stuff. And so what, what does a typical week look like for you um, from that developmental side? Like, do you guys have skills practices? Do you guys do video sure. stuff? What's that look like? Yeah, so we're, we have busy days here. One of the first things we tell guys and we talk to them about when we're recruiting them is, are you, are you ready to, you ready to kind of go to work here? And it's not all hard work. It's not all physical. Uh, a lot of the learning is um, mental and like you said, skill training. So we have, we have full days here. We, we have um, every single day basically until you get into later in the week when you're Thursday, Friday, getting ready for a game. Um, but the bulk of the week, we have a skill skate in the morning. So guys will go through and do a skill skate with us, um, and that mixes up every day. Um, sometimes we do a forward D split, so we're working on forward skills with the guys on one end, um, and then the next hour, let's say we're working with just the D out there, um, and then other times it's a goalie skate. So sometimes guys are just out there having fun shooting on the goalies while our goalie coach is out there um, developing the goalies. So every single, every single skill skate of ours is a little bit different. Um, and again, sometimes they're combined, sometimes they're doing special teams, um, you name it, but we're really trying to hit all facets of, of hockey positionally, um, as well as just in the different areas of the game. So every skill practice is different, um, but we'll, we'll have a skill practice in the morning. Guys will go do a workout. Uh, we have a great, great um, strength coach here. So they're in there every day. Um, they're not always working out every day. Sometimes they might be stretching, rolling out, um, doing yoga. So a lot of times those down days or recovery days are just as important. So anyway, we'll do a skill skate in the morning. They'll go in, they'll do their little workout. Um, and then in the afternoon, we'll all join up together. We'll do our big team practice. And then usually to end the day, we'll do uh, some sort of team meeting or video. So we'll go over, you know, we'll break down pre-scout um, earlier in the week, get ready for the team coming up. Or, we'll, you know, if it's after a game, we'll break down that video, see what we did good, see what we did bad. Um, but yeah, we have pretty full days here. Um, really committed to, again, developing skills on the ice, but also the mental side of it as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I think, I think some people don't realize like on a day-to-day basis how 
intense or in depth you guys go with your players to prepare them for that jump. Um, but you know, on, on, with that in mind, you know, one of the questions that that I, I get a lot, and I think Danny gets a lot, is is you know, a lot of our listeners are coaches, and they're always looking for drills. And even though there's no like you know magic bullet, can you go through maybe like a, a couple of drills that are kind of mainstays in your guys' practices or on those skill days? Like, what are you? What are those skills you guys are working on, and how are you doing it? Sure, sure. Um, so again, we. We really like to mix it up here. We expanded our staff this year. Um, so we have right now four coaches, um, head coach, two assistants, and then we also have a video coach. So um, there's days all four of us are out on the ice. So we're, we all have different ideas. Um, again, our head coach is awesome. He gives us a lot of freedom um, where we can kind of go out and be comfortable doing what we want to do. So some days um, we're just doing a lot of stick handling stuff. Um, other days it can be um, – you know, we usually do a warm-up right away. Obviously, get the guys going with their hands and feet. Don't have to go 100 miles an hour, but just get guys different touches. Um, and then, really, we're, we've been really big lately here, um, the first couple weeks of training camp, with a lot of puck protection. Guys coming into this league playing AAA in high school are used to having tons of time and space in front of them. So the puck can always be in front of them with it exposed. Where when you get into this league, everyone can skate, everyone's skilled, so all of your time and space is gone. So you now have to make the same plays with an, instead of the puck being in front of you, same plays, but you now have to make it like this, puck protected. So a lot of the a lot of the different hand stuff, even we're doing skill stuff, just stick handling, isn't with the puck and right in front of you. It's to the sides. It's moving your hips. So um, I would say as much as um, I want to find a staple to answer that question, I'd say we really mix it up. We, we mix it up a lot. We try to hit everything from skating to hands to um, different number situations. Um, yeah, we really try to hit everything and challenge our guys. Once, once we, they get something down, we'll try to take it a step further and challenge them again. So constant changing, constant challenging them. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. I think, I mean, that's key to, to not just like focus on one little itty bitty thing. I, I think um, there's time in the summer for individualized stuff, but when you get into the, the grind of the season, do you, do you guys know when your season is going to start? Like, do you have a first game on the schedule yet? Yeah, USHL, um, we're starting November 6th. Awesome. Cool. Let's, um, as we kind of start to wrap this thing up, we love, like a big part of our podcast is just advice. I know a few of my um, players, their parents will listen to this just for this section of our, our uh, podcast. So no pressure sure. there, but uh, what kind of advice do you have for youth hockey players expire? Like kids that want to get to the junior level, kids that want to play college hockey and above, above that, what's something outside of like, Hey, just have fun. Cause I think, I mean, hockey is the best sport in the world. So I don't know why anyone wouldn't have fun doing it, but uh, sure. what's your, what's your advice for those kids that want to want to get to where you got to? And then, and then. Yeah. From there? Yeah. I'd say, uh, I'd say first and foremost, when you're a little bit younger still, um, it's good to do everything. I, th I think being an all around athlete is very important for hockey. You got to, you got to be able to play a skill game. Don't get me wrong, but you got to be able to defend. You got to be able to do a little bit of everything. Um, and like I was saying earlier with puck protection and all those things. So, so develop yourself as an athlete, play soccer, play tennis, play football, play all these things. But when you get a little bit higher up and you start getting into hockey and commit yourself a little bit more, be coachable, be coachable. There's a reason your coaches are there and it's because they love the game of hockey and they're still involved with it. And 
most coaches are in the right heart where they are truly trying to help you. I think as a younger kid, it's easy to take advice from a coach and say, here's what you're doing wrong is how you interpret that as a younger player. But try to see the flip side of that and see why the coach is helping you. You're supposed to challenge. They're supposed to, coaches are supposed to see your weaknesses, if you will. So don't, don't, uh, don't settle in on the one thing that you do well when your coach says, hey, here's something that I think you can improve on. Take that as a challenge. Have fun with that. Take it as a challenge. And even though you might not work it out in a week, it might take two, three, four years. Um, commit to it. Be coachable. It's a huge, huge piece. There's so many guys that are skilled on one thing, but they don't develop the rest of their game. And it might not catch up in peewees. It might not catch up in AAA, but it'll catch up to you at some point. So um, be coachable. Be coachable. Yeah, that's that's huge advice. We talked about that recently, and uh, Jake Gardner was talking about that when he was playing in college hockey. But being coachable is such a huge piece that probably isn't talked about enough um, in kind of the skill development coaching world. But so I appreciate that. Uh, Let's flip it to the other side. You know, a lot of our listeners are are coaches, and those coaches they're either working with younger athletes um, or they're aspiring to themselves to kind of climb the career ladder. So what, what kind of, you know, in that framework, what kind of advice would you extend to the coaches out there that are listening to this podcast? Sure. Um, I guess kind of to flip what I just said um, with pertaining to players is everyone's different. So you can't talk to every single kid the same way. So really get to know your players and, and don't just yell at them to do something. I think the new age wants to know why. So along with coaching them and telling them to do something, you're also saying, and here's why. So that's kind of a little thing that I think is probably most important. Um, because when you say why, the kids usually go, okay, yeah, they really do want to help me here. So it's not just do it because I said so. It's we're doing this because of this. This is going to help this area of the game or whatever it might be. So um, pertaining to the players, I think that's a huge reason. I think when players don't know why, um, they lose a little bit of, uh, I just under understanding, understanding the same with a drill. It can be a very simple drill you're running in practice, but if players don't know why you're doing it, um, they might just be going through the motions. So I think that's a huge thing with players. And then as far as getting to know other coaches and moving up the ladder, it's, um, it's, it's hard work, but you got to get to, you got to be in it for the right reasons. So, um, I think your players are ultimately a, the ones that you want to, to have your back um, years down the road, a head coach wants to hire you and you're going through an interview. I think, I think not only them calling other coaches that you've coached with, but them calling some of your former players and seeing how they liked playing for you is a, is a big thing. So motivation is, is something that you want to be good at. You want to be motivating um, your players, but also you want to have uh, a good network around you where guys know you and, when a job opens up, I know Danny Heath is going to say, Hey, I know a guy and, and Josh knows. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And knowing the why, like I'm not a buzzword guy, but you always hear like, know your why. And if you don't know why you're doing a drill or why you're working on a skill and this, this should be for any, any youth hockey coach out there. If you don't know why you're doing it, don't do it right? Like if you don't know why you're doing a shooting thing, then don't do it. Like if you can't piece it together. Now I I know there's a fine line between if you're just a parent that gets told what to do and you don't have any experience and just trying to do the best you can and yada, yada, yada. But then that falls on, on whoever that head coach in that ice is to be like, Hey, we're doing this shooting drill because this happens a lot when you get a two on one coming down the ice. And so like just that quick, 
Yeah, yeah, even if it's just for fun. Hey, tell the guys yeah. this is for fun. Hey, we're doing this little game to start practice because it's fun. We're going to get the legs going, get the hands going, but most of all, you guys are going to get your energy up and have fun here. So, yeah, even if it's just the simplest explanation, yeah, that's why we're reason. doing it, fellas. I feel like they grab onto that and they run with it. For sure. It's the same with my three-year-old daughter. She asked why. Today she pointed at my belts, and she's like, what's that? And I was like, these are belts. She's like, why are they belts? I'm like, oh, I don't know why they're belts. Like, it's tough. Like, knowing it is huge is what I'm going to say. So, um, finally, she stopped. That's a heck of an analogy, Danny. Thank you, right? That, that connected good. to hockey. <laughs> She's not going to play hockey, though. She's going to golf, so it doesn't really matter. Um, cool. Well, Nelly, we appreciate you coming on. Um, with the season starting, it's hard to get you, you coaches, especially at the higher level, get you on here. So, we appreciate your time. But before we let you go, do you have any final thoughts or closing closing words that you want to leave our, our listeners with? No, I think you guys had some great questions. Um, I know you said not to have fun with it all, but yeah, yeah. No, I think that's one of my big things. I didn't work say hard, I didn't say work hard, hard, have, have fun. fun. No, I know I get it. No, I'm just joking. No, I think we covered it. That was all good. Great questions. It was a lot of fun being on and, and chatting with you guys. We appreciate you, Coach. Before you go, you have to give us a let's go. Okay, okay. Let's go. Let's go here, Hockey Podcast. Let's go. <laughs> Love it. Thank <laughs> you, Coach, for coming on. We appreciate your time. Anything I left out, Cameron? No, that's, I think that's great, Nelly. We appreciate it. Best of luck this season. Can't wait to see the, uh, the USHL games going on. I'll be, I'll be watching from on the TV, watching the live stream. So, uh, Sounds great. Best of luck, best of luck this year, and uh, thanks for coming joining us. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Let's go. Thank you, Josh Nelson, for coming on the podcast. Again, an old friend of mine. I don't know why he's a friend. He beat me out of a lot of playing time back at school. Um, but, uh, yeah, we still keep in touch to this day. He's doing big things, um, working his way at the, the coaching ranks. And I'm excited to see where his future goes, and I'll follow it every step of the way. But let's jump into it. Three stars. What do you got, Coach? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot to not to grab from this episode, and and like I mentioned at the beginning, my my third star I think is going to be the some of the insights into kind of behind the scenes of the USHL. I mean, he explains some of the import rules and you know the uh, with different you know import players and goalies and transitions and you know visors for underage players this year rule changes and and really i think that that's a part of the game that a lot of players just don't even think about they just go i'm going to be a good player and i'm going to play in the ushl but the reality is, is that that league is a business that league is the top league in in the u.s it's it's arguably the top amateur league in the world and that's i mean it's the cream of the crop and I, there's a lot more than goes into it than just playing and now from a player perspective you got to be good enough to play at that level but you know, he talked a lot about, you know, at that level, those guys, there's a lot of me, like they're looking at their professional career. That's the springboard for it and, and roping those guys in and, and talking about team dynamics. So just getting that insight into the USHL um, level and, and the Lumberjacks program, I think was really cool. I think that's, that's my third star tonight. Second star talked about small area games to start practice and how that's I like I knew that's what you're going to say. Yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it, man. Cause like, I, I'll tell you what I, you know, you kind of get in your flow from a coaching perspective and say, okay, this is what we're doing. This is kind of the rhythm of our practices and the, the players get kind of lulled into it. And about halfway through last season with my college team, we started playing smaller, like a competitive smaller game for the first five to 10 minutes of every practice, second semester. And I'll tell you, it made a world of difference. Like our team, like, 
our team shot up in the competitiveness of practice. And it was like, we were having tryouts every single day and we, we just got better because of that. And I think, you know, he dropped that right away when we asked what, what kind of drills do you guys do? And he's just like, every day we start with a game, a smaller game. It, it, and it brings the competitive juices up, brings the compete level up. Um, you know, and it, and it's fun. The guys like it. They want it. They want to be able to come to the rink and have a good time and, and know that they're going to, um, enjoy practice and get better from it. So I could talk on that probably all day, but that's my second star. I think, you know, and to be honest with you, we, we started like after that interview that afternoon, my college practice, we started the practice with a small game center ice three on three, got the kids, kids pumping. So that's my second star. What's the first, what do you got Danny? Before I jump into the first star, something to build off of that. I was told this story. I don't know if it's true or not. Um, but, um, Dean blaze, the old North Dakota coach, like historic, right? He apparently the year, one of the years that he won a national championship. Again, I might be telling the story all the way, all the way backwards and wrong, but <laughs> he said, I was told that on one half of the ice, they would, they would play a small area game. The entire, like this was at the Christmas break. They weren't doing very well. He said, all right, enough's enough. One half of the ice, small area, three on three kind of stuff. And then he would just pull out power play one and bring them to the other end, work on power play stuff, send them back into the group, pull out power play two, work on stuff, send them back into the group, pull out penalty kill and stuff like that. And like, he just, he totally switched it. And next thing you know, boom, national champions. Now I'm not saying that's the way to do it. Um, but I just think it's cool. Like you said, you get into kind of this funk of stuff and, I don't know. It's cool to hear all these stories. Even if that story is not true, maybe I'll do it uh, with my team and win a national championship. But yeah, I think there's a lot of value in that. Like I, uh, Bill Beanie is another kind of legendary coach on the East coast for uh, Middlebury. And I listened to him talk one time. He said the almost verbatim, exactly what you just said. Like he had a season that wasn't going right. He scrapped all practice plans and went to nothing but small games. And they basically turned the season around and, and, you know, won, won some championships. And so I think yeah. there's a lot of value in, in, in that and playing those games and getting those players competitive, but also like developing your game with the structured small area game. I think that's a good, good thing. What's your first star tonight, Danny? First star, uh, just the way he talked, like he's a coach, a young coach, he's 30 years old. Um, and he talked about like this new age of player and they just, they want to know the why behind it. And I think it's so, so very important for coaches to be able to do that and show that. And like he said, even if it's, Hey, let's have some fun. We're doing this because it's fun. Hockey's a fun game. And then on the flip side of that, his advice to, to youth hockey players, right? Be coachable, be coachable. Like that's, I mean, we heard that from when Jake Gardner was on, right? Like he talked about just be coachable, be coachable and no coach I mean, it's just the nature of a human being. If you have a, if you have two players and one listens to you and implements what you, what you say, and the other one is kind of like, ah, no, I'm, I'm all right. You're going to, you're always going to gravitate towards that, that player that's always listening more and being more coachable. And I think that has effect on you as that has an effect on the player and their development because I mean, you're getting, I don't want to use the word favoritism, but that's ends up probably what happening. I mean, it has to, right? Am I way off? No, I think you're right. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, nobody wants to deal with the, the prima donna that is not willing to, you know, change their, change their ways or look at themselves in the mirror and, and you know, the, the person that's always right. Nobody wants to deal with that. So yeah, I'm with you, man. For sure. So that's, I mean, that's my first star, just his, his input on that kind of stuff and me, me respecting the heck out of this guy. I, 
I love the way he's doing stuff. So thanks again for coming on. Check him out. We're, we're linking all, all of his info below. Um, yeah. And if you need anything, reach out to us. Ask any questions you want. Hit the like button. Cannot say that enough. Leave a five-star review. Obviously, if you like it. If you don't, then I guess I guess find another podcast. I don't know, right? Yeah. If you don't like it, why are you still listening? It's the end of the show. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, if you're into what we're doing here, uh, shoot us any messages. Tell your your teammates or your your hockey circle, families, friends. Um, and also a huge, huge shout out to our flagship sponsor, Hockey Wolf. Uh, those guys are supporting the podcast and making it happen. They're, they're good people. Check out hockeywolf.com yes. for all your equipment needs and especially team sales. That's exactly what those guys are rocking and rolling at. So Danny, you got, you got something else to add here? I got, I got one thing. I want to see who our true listeners are and we can cut this out if you don't like the idea, but <laughs> if you're still listening, shoot me an email, danny at projecthockey.com and I'll send you some Project Hockey swag. But first person to do it. So I'm sorry if it wasn't you and I tell you it wasn't you, but first person to do it, if you're still listening right now, shoot me an email, danny at projecthockey.com and I will send you some swag. Let's see who our true uh, listeners are. That's all I got. Awesome, awesome. Let's go. Let's go. Let's wrap it up. I think that was a great episode. We'll, uh, we'll do it again next week. 